0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the word of God.
1: Scary thing that would actually be scarier than if we lost the Bible. The scary thing is that we just keep on doing what we're doing right now. But if we looked in the Bible, if we had that Bible to look in, what would we find? We'd find God. Yes. We would find that God loves us and wants us and that Jesus Christ is the Lord come to save us. Not only that, we would find purpose in the word of God. You'd find purpose for your home, purpose for your marriage, purpose for your church, purpose for your life, purpose for the dollar bills in your wallet, purpose For the reason you get up every morning and go to your job. You would actually find that purpose. But you know what? For so many, the Bible's already disappeared. Because we haven't found that purpose. I want to talk to you about the purpose that God has for you. And it can be summed up in this question, right? What what is it that God wants us to do? What is it that God wants us to do? Now, we could spend a long time talking about this. There's some great scriptures we could point to.
2: But Jesus gave us something before he left earth. And it is not a suggestion. It is a command. You know the difference between a suggestion and a command? Ones you're supposed to do. One is like,
1: okay, well, thanks for the input. Yeah, probably won't use that ever, right? That's the difference between a commandment and a suggestion. Before Jesus Christ leaves earth, do not talk bad about math because you're bad at math, Alex. That is not fair. Just because one is the loneliest number doesn't mean you need to take it out on math. I love you. I got a mic so I can fight the hecklers. All right, so listen. Jesus Christ, before he left earth, I'm telling you, before he levitated off the ground, before he shot up into the sky and went to the right hand of the Father, before he did that, he gave us a suggestion. No, he gave us a commandment. No, these words are not in scripture, but it's something a Christian should recognize, these two words. Great commission. Everyone say great Great. commission. Commission. He gives a command that is, number one, great. This is not a suggestion. It is what he wants us to do. It's the last thing he told us, Kathy, before he left earth. And it's a commission. Do you understand the purpose of a mission? Well, do you understand a commission? A mission is something that you are supposed to do. A commission is something We are supposed to do. And he has given us a great co-mission. That we are all together supposed to fulfill this commandment. Not only, Jeremy, are you and I supposed to commit together to this mission. But we are committed together with God. We are fellow laborers together with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. Everyone said together with We are fellow laborers together with God. God is a part of this commission. Who wants God as a workmate? Me. Anybody have in college, you had those group assignments? Raise your hand if you hated those group assignments. All right. But hands down. Now, raise your hand if you ever got totally messed over on a group assignment. The worst grades I ever got were on group assignments. I did hard work and I don't know. Somebody like said terrible things about me. I don't understand it. Why would they do that? I didn't even know Vicky back then. I don't know who would have done such a thing like that. I want to tell you, this is not, God is not a bad partner. God is the best partner you could ever have. And before Jesus leaves, he says, you have this mission. It's a commission with God. Do you want to know about this mission? You should know about this mission. Real quest, question. I want you to get out your phones. We, we don't have screens today. We don't have screens. The Bible has disappeared from the face of the earth. You can't find it here. So can you pull out your phone? And I'm going to give you some scriptures to, re- to look up. We will read it together. But I've got a question right here. Where is the great commission. In your Bible. Where is this great. Thing. Jesus commanded us to do. Where is it. In your Bible.
2: If you can't find it. Does it really exist. If you can't find it. Do you know it. If you can't find it. Are you living it. First day in. Class with us,
1: hands down, buddy. All right. It's not how this works. All right. That's my son, 11 years old. I love him. That's not what we're doing here. Everybody, turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19. And Marshall is going to read this for us. Go ahead and read that
0: out loud. All right. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Starting with verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All right. Amen
1: Amen for the word of God. And that's the only place in your Bible where the Great Commission shows up. Now, listen, most Christians believe that. When you say the Great Commission, most Christians, if they're able to tell you where one of them is, they will tell you it's Matthew twenty eight nineteen, And they will tell you that so emphatically, like it is the only place it appears in Scripture. Because somebody told us Matthew twenty eight nineteen was the Great Commission. And that's as far as we went on it. We didn't attempt to live it. And we sure didn't attempt to actually read our Bible on it. All right? A little harsh, but it's the truth. Somebody say amen. My gosh, there it is. All right. We're going to go now to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Come on, go with me. Mark chapter 16. Let's read that. What verse are you starting with, buddy?
0: Verse 15. Verse 15. All right. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover.
1: Amen. Amen to the Word of God. That's Mark chapter 16. And that's the only other place. There's only two places where the Great Commission shows up, right?
2: No, where's the other one? Where is it? Do you know? Are you a living Bible? Let's go to Luke chapter
1: 24. Luke 24. And uh, let's go ahead and start reading at verse 46. Somebody say Luke 24 verse 46. Thank
0: you, Marshall. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. We got Matthew.
2: Got Mark. We got Luke. Is this information for you? Did
1: you know it? Could you find those? Is there another one? Is there another one? What book do you think I'm going to next? I'm going to John. Now, John's always a little different. Let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and we're going to begin reading at verse 21. John's different, but let's pay attention to this sending of his disciples.
0: So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained.
1: Excellent. And that's the only other place where it's mentioned in the Bible. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Oh, what? Oh, Alex is so good. Alex said what book of the Bible? The book of Acts. You see, Jesus is walking around alive in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But he's also walking around in the church in the book of Acts. Turn, yes. turn to Acts chapter 1, everyone. Acts chapter 1. Now, if you knew somebody that caught the first four, that would be rare. The first four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Great commissions, givings by, by Jesus Christ. If For the real money is to find somebody that can find The fifth one, it's right here in Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 7.
0: And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth.
1: There we go. Let's clap our hands for the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Now, this is not a suggestion. It's a mission and it's a co-mission. You know, if it's a co-mission, that means we need to do it together. If it's a co-mission, we need to hold each other accountable. If there is part of this mission that we aren't fulfilling, somebody needs to be so aware of it and so on fire to do it that they would actually call out their brother and sister, let's. Do it if we don't see one of these things that he's commanded us to do inside the church. There ought to be something come alive in us and say there is something wrong. There is something that Jesus has for us that we aren't seeing in his church that we aren't seeing in our life that we aren't seeing. In our family. I want to see the great commission fulfilled in Plano, Texas. I want to see it fulfilled in this metroplex. I want to see it fulfilled in my children. I want to see it fulfilled in my marriage. I want to see it show up on my city block. I want to see the great commission happen. But what is the great commission? Ultimately, we have to do more than just quote a few scripture verses at it. We actually have to know what the great commission is. We're going to take some time. We're going to look at it. I'm going back to Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said to them all authority, somebody say authority. Authority. You will see this show up again and again. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Verse 19. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. go. You will see that show up again. Send. I will go, you will go into all the world, go. Everyone say go. So authority, go and make disciples of all nations. What's a disciple? It's a believer. It's a student. Specifically, you are going to see the idea of a disciple show up. You're going to see the idea of teaching show up in these great commissions. So, so far, the authority of God is present. All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth, Jesus says. He says, go. Go. And he says, make disciples, but of only certain nations, of only certain kinds of skin color, of only dudes or only dudettes, of only the upper class. No, what does it say? Make disciples of all nations red and yellow black and white they are precious in his sight jesus loves all his children in the world this commission is to go and it's to go everywhere everywhere to every skin color every nation and then baptizing them What's the next word is baptism part of the great commission yeah. Let me tell you, this is not the only time baptism is going to show up as we're studying this. But let me tell you, let me just dive right into baptism. There is a problem in the church today with baptism. They don't believe in it anymore. I said it. The church doesn't believe in baptism anymore. You will hear people say incredibly unscriptural things about baptism. You'll hear people say things like this. Oh, this is a doozy. They'll say it. It's just an outward sign. Of an inward work, you will not find that anywhere in Scripture. You know what another thing, way of saying it's an outward sign of an inward work is? It just looks good, but it doesn't really do anything for you. It just gets you wet, but it doesn't really change you on the inside. I'm telling you, you listen. Baptism is something that doesn't just happen on the outside, anything in God doesn't just happen on the outside. We serve the Lord of glory who looked the Pharisees in the eye. He looked the Pharisees in the eye and said... Y'all are so focused on the outside of the cup. You want to wash the outside of the cup. You need to wash the inside of the cup and let it spill over to wash the outside of the cup. That's how our God works. Everything about him starts on the inside and works outside. So if you have a doctrine that being baptized in his name is just getting wet on the outside, that's not what God is about at all. That's not what communion's about. That's not what worship is about. That's not what the word of God is about. That's not what repentance is about. About, that is not what baptism is about. It starts on the inside and it flows out. Always, always, always. Oh my God. Hide your word in my heart. David said it, hide my, hide your word in my heart. Why? So that I will not sin against you. It starts here and it keeps me from sinning out here. Everything with God starts on the inside. I never want to hear somebody say, oh, it's just an outward sign of an inward work to stomp on that. We're not having it. It's not scriptural, but Jesus says baptizing them in the name. Somebody said in the name. And then he goes on to say of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit. As we look through these uh, great commissions, this the great commission given to G, by Jesus five times, you will see an importance of the name over and over. What is that name? Jesus. What is the name that's above every name? Jesus. What is the name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess? Jesus. Somebody shout that name one more time. Jesus, Jesus. that is the name. All right. And teaching them. How do you have a disciple? You teach them. The word disciple means to sit at the feet of the teacher. You are supposed to know Jesus so well. Know his word so well. That somebody would sit at your feet. And you would teach them. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. Is Jesus with us right now? He said he was, I'm going to tell you, that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ with us inside of us. When we were worshiping, did anybody feel the Holy Spirit? You weren't just filling another member of the Godhead. You were actually filling the presence of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the spirit. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And those that worship him have freedom in that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Who is it that sets you free? It's Jesus. What spirit gives you liberty? The spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Matthew 28, 19. You with me still? Let's go back to Mark chapter 16. Look at this up. Bring it right up, guys. Mark 16, verse 15. Go. We hear that word before. Jesus said, go and make disciples. All nations. He says, go again. Do you think he means this? Yes. He means it. I'm telling you, you need to go. I I don't know if God's telling you to go to Timbuktu. I don't know if he's telling you to go to the next state. But he's telling you to go somewhere. It might be across the room at a Starbucks. It might be across... Your driveway, it might, I don't know where it is, but God is calling you to go. I'm telling you, sometimes in this place, when we're worshiping, Gary, think that would actually of the Great Commission. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and it is power. It's power from where? It's power on high.
2: Can you imagine? Receiving the power of God, but not filling anything. You ought to have trouble imagining that.
1: Receiving the power of God ought to feel powerful. When you receive the Holy Spirit, it will be such a powerful experience in your life. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit had come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. You will be teaching disciples. You will be witnessing. Beginning where? In Jerusalem. And it's a starting place. There's an epicenter in Jerusalem. But it moves on from there. It goes to Judea. It goes to Samaria. And where does it end? It has no end. It goes to
2: the uttermost parts of the earth. Matthew 28. Luke 24. John 20. I skipped Mark
1: 16. And Acts. Chapter 1. We find the Great Commission. We find it five times. We find it five times. Each one is saying it a little different. But we see the same pattern. Number one. It is all about Jesus Christ. It is about his gospel. And then once someone has heard. And believed the gospel. Now it's time to go to work. Now it's time to preach. Repentance. And the forgiveness of sins. Like Luke chapter 24 says. Then it is time to go and baptize them in the name. That is when it's time to do that. And that is when it's time for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is when it's time to continue teaching them to observe everything that the Lord has taught us. And now that they are empowered, they go out and they join us in the commission and they
2: make their own disciples. This is what God's plan is. And it's not new. You got church
1: marketing schemes all over. I'm inundated. My inbox is completely full of the latest and greatest idea on how to do church. The latest and greatest idea on how to reach the
2: people on my block. You know, and they've always, you know, it always costs something to to know it, you know. Telling you, this is not new. But it's true.
1: The Great Commission is not new. But it's true. And it's what God wants us to do. And it's not the latest and greatest scheme. It is the only plan. That God has. For us. So we should be about this right.
2: We should be excited about this. We should know about this. And we should. Live this out.
1: We should tell other people. About it. Those are five places where he gave the Great Commission. Now, some of you already know what I'm gonna ask. Where is the first place the Great Commission is fulfilled? Where is the first place that the Great Commission is fulfilled? Where is it? Anybody know where where is it at? Where is it at? Acts chapter. What was it, sir? Good job, Will. Let's give Will a hand. Acts chapter two. Number one, it is news for some people that the Great Commission was not fulfilled in the Gospels. The Great Commission is given in the Gospels, but it is not fulfilled in the Gospels. I will freak you out a little bit further. Nobody is really saved in the Gospels. The Gospels are about Jesus Christ coming to open the door to salvation. Then he hands the keys to Peter. He hands the keys to his disciples. And he tells them to wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And when that Holy Spirit shows up, man, you see people get saved. How many people get saved in Acts chapter 2? 3,000 souls in a single day. Somebody say 3,000 souls in a single day. Oh, is that power from on high or what? Let's just go from our gut here. Acts chapter 2. What happens? They're gathered together in an upper room. In what city? They're in Jerusalem. And suddenly they hear a sound from heaven. It is the sound of rushing mighty wind. It fills the house. And they are all filled with what? The Holy Spirit. And they all begin to speak in other tongues. Does that remind us of any verse we read? Mark chapter 16. They all spoke in a brand new tongue. A tongue they had never spoken before. They did not know what they were saying. But we find out when other people hear them speaking tongues in their own language. They say they are magnifying and glorifying God. Is that what it says? That's absolutely right. And so now the Holy Spirit is being poured out. They are in that upper room, but they don't stay there. Somehow they end up out on the street. Somehow what happens in that room doesn't stay in the room. You listen here, church. What happens in this room was never meant to stay in this room. The miracle you received in this room was never meant to stay in this room. The gospel you received in this room was not meant to stay in this room. It is always meant to. To spill out because God fills what's on the inside and then it always pours out. We are supposed to be get filled in this room and then go out into the world and preach the gospel and let that living water flow all over our city. So the people hear them speaking in other tongues and some of them say, These people are, these people are drunk.
2: What they say. And Peter, The very same Peter who denied Jesus, not one time, not two times, three times before the cock-a-doodle-doo. Three times he denies the Lord. That very same Peter. (laughs) Now he's being criticized
1: for being drunk. But there is a different Peter standing in front of him. There is a Peter that has been filled with power from on high. There is a Peter that now has Jesus Christ living on the inside of him. And it said that Peter, standing up with the other disciples, began to preach to them. I got a question. What did he preach to them? He stood up there and said, I would like, thank you all for being here today. Everyone online and everyone in the room. We're starting a brand new sermon series. It's called The 32 Keys to Wisdom. We'll hope you'll be here every week. No. You know what he preached? You can you can sum up what he preached in one name. He preached Jesus Christ. He preached to them that Jesus Christ had come to earth. He preached to them that Jesus Christ had done miracles and they had seen it. He preached to them that this man, Jesus Christ, Whom you crucified, the Lord God has made our Lord. That's what he preaches to them. He preached the gospel. Now you listen to me. It was enough. Preaching the gospel is enough. Telling somebody about Jesus is enough. Some of you have loved ones that you're worried about. You're praying for. Let me tell you, telling them about Jesus is enough. That is all that it takes. You don't have to have your stuff all together. You don't have to be able to quote a million scriptures. Can you just tell them that Jesus Christ came, that he died, that he rose again, and that he is Lord? Can you tell them? Because that is enough. All these people with all their church schemes Jesus is enough. That's all it takes. Jesus is enough. And after he said, Jesus whom you crucified, he is Lord. When he says those words, guess what? It says that they were hit in the heart. That they were pricked in their heart. That they felt such a great conviction. These are the very same people that had called them drunk. Drunk. These were the very same people that said, bunch of fools, bunch of idiots. They're crazy. But when he preached Jesus, it changed a heart. Does the preaching of Jesus ever change your heart? Oh, Lord, change my heart today. Change me from the inside and let it flow to the outside. And so these people, and let's read it. Let's pull up Acts chapter 2, verse 37. They say
0: these words. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do?
1: Now, you stop right there. You know what's happening? They heard the gospel and they believe. Believing is a part of
2: salvation. If you don't believe, you cannot be saved. Now, I want to point this out because. In too many
1: churches today, we stop at believing and we don't tell them to do one other thing. Somebody say amen if you know I'm talking the truth. My goodness, you won't just get this anywhere. I'm telling you the absolute truth. There are people that that went to a church today. They heard a message about Jesus. It did convict
2: their heart and they believed it, but they weren't told to do another thing. Just believe. That's
1: what they were told. In fact, most churches, they were led in a sinner's prayer. Forget the fact that you will not find the word sinner's prayer anywhere in the Bible. Now, listen. Do you think what do you think Peter did next? They said, what shall we do? We believe this message. What is it that we can do? Do you think he's going to lead them in a repeat after me prayer? Do you think he's going to say, oh, you believe, praise God, isn't this so good? And all the 120 that were in the upper room, they just clap politely as other people believe. I'm telling you, I have worked in these churches, and it is the height of spirituality in some of these churches for one person to say his sinner's prayer, and everyone listened, and when it's done, they all clap their hands and go, wasn't that good? Aren't we doing such a good job?
2: We are just fulfilling the great commission. Nonsense! Nonsense! No, you aren't. We'll prove it. Acts 2.38. Read it, Marshall. Thank
1: you,
0: Marshall. Then Peter said to them, Repent. Repent. and, And let every one of you be baptized. Baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Of
1: the Holy Spirit. Now stop. Do you see the Great Commission? We yes. just read it five times. Now you're seeing it fulfilled for the first time. They've heard the gospel. They believe it. And Peter says. You do need to do something. Yes. Let me tell you, you do need to do something if you are a believer. Any believers in this house? Yes. You, you just listen to your pastor. You do need to do something. You do need to do something. I don't care if you've been believer for 20 years. You still need to do something. Oh, I don't understand why pastor is so judgmental. Pastor said that I need to do something. Yes, Pastor Peter did. Yes. Given the keys of the kingdom. And he told you the first thing is repent. You believe. So you repent. Let me tell you what's a part of repentance. You are a sinner. You've said the wrong things. You've done the wrong things. You've thought the wrong things. And then there's a whole bunch of things you should have done that you didn't do. You are a sinner. you got to repent. you got to turn away from it. And ask the Lord to forgive you. Everybody say repent. repent. And when you repent,
2: and it does work in this order. You believe and you repent. Then you are Baptized. My goodness,
1: if you've never been baptized, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Don't you know that baptism tells us in Romans chapter 6 verse 4 that we are buried with him in baptism. Who is him? You are buried with Jesus in baptism. Let me tell you, I don't like the idea of being buried anywhere at all. But if I got to be baptized. You know who I want to be baptized with? I want to be baptized with the one who came out of the grave. Yeah. Baptize me, bury me with Jesus because he's the only one I know that doesn't stay dead. Buried with him in baptism, wherein you walk, you rise to walk in newness of life. What is that newness of life? It is the Holy Spirit, it is the Great Commission. Look at this pattern all over the word of God. It shows up all over the world. It shows up in the temple. It shows up in the temple. Believers would come to the temple. And they'd have a lamb. And they would put it on the altar. There's death. That is repentance. That is that old life passing away. It's repentance. Then they would go to a lavern. And they would wash. Water was following. Repentance. And then they would walk where? They would walk into the temple. They would walk into the presence of the Lord. In fact, they could walk behind a veil where the very Spirit of the Lord is. What is that? That is the Holy Spirit. That is the very Spirit of our Lord. He tells them to repent in the name of who? The name of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. I. I, I love everybody. If I don't, if you were baptized, I'm so glad that you were baptized. I celebrate every baptism I hear about. You'll never see me be like yawn about a baptism. I love it. But let me tell you, I believe the most biblical way in scripture to be baptized is in the name of Jesus. Colossians chapter three tells us whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of. Jesus yes. so when you're praying how do you finish your prayer you pray in the name of Jesus yes. when you are casting out demons they were told that they were going to do it in the name of yes. Jesus oh my goodness what it what 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 is salvation it is a person and his name is Jesus Christ we are buried with him in baptism therefore we are buried in the name of Jesus and what for for what reason for the remission, the erasing, the removal, the forgiveness
2: of all your sin. When you are baptized in Jesus' name, I believe you belong to Jesus. You come out a brand new person without any sin.
1: All of it has been washed away in the blood not only that, I believe that when you become a Christian, when you follow him and you apply his name to your life, there is a place in scripture where it says, the Lord is coming for all of those with his name written on them. There is a devil, an antichrist, and he's going to have his name written on his followers. And guess what? The Lord Jesus is going to have his name written on them. Anybody want the name of Jesus written on them? Yes. Oh, when when... There's this wonderful movie called Toy Story. Really deep theological thought here. There is little dolls and toys. And they belong to a kid named Andy. And their treasured thing. They constantly will turn over their foot. And look. Because Andy has taken a marker. And he has written his name on them. And that's how they know that they belong to Andy. I'm telling you, you are serving notice to every demon in hell that you belong to Jesus Christ. Hands off, you don't be, I don't belong to you. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Cancer, lay off because you don't own me. I belong to Jesus Christ. Depression, get out of my life. I belong to Jesus Christ. Shame, guilt, and sin, no more. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the last thing he says. And this is, comes out like a promise, doesn't it? You do this and you do this and you shall. It's a promise. You shall receive the gift. For just five easy payments. A third, If you order today. Oh, or those televangelists. Oh, I feel, oh, there's someone out there with a seed offering. No, none of that. It's a gift. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We should see people being baptized. We should see people believing. We should see people being filled with the Holy Spirit. We should see signs then following their life. We should right. see every bit of this. Why should we see it? Because
2: Jesus says, He should. Jesus says, should. Right. Now, I just spat a whole bunch of scripture at you today, didn't I? It's not enough to hear it. It's not enough to profess it. Now we have to do it. We're going to do it today.
1: Will you stand? We're going to be spending some time in worship together. Where are you right now with Jesus Christ? Are you a believer? If you've never become a believer, tonight's the night. Tonight's your night. Become a believer.
0: For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed day.